0: Miss Miss Sustanomics is a weekly podcast that focuses on the three E's educating encouraging and empowering listeners on how to live their best authentic life I'm your host Ashley Natrice and let's start the show What's up, y'all? It is Ashley here. I have not had a What Ashley Likes in a few weeks. So, this past weekend, I was fortunate enough to go out to one of my girlfriend's launch events, and her business is called Twisted Corks. And this is a private wine tasting business. Anytime wine is involved, private tasting, you know, I'm all in. So, what they do is they are revolutionizing wine tastings one home at a time. So she has wine ambassadors that come out to your house or your place of choice to guide you and up to 11 of your friends through an informative yet relatable wine tasting experience. And so she has different packages um, they all include a different selection of high quality hand picked wines. You can pick the package that best fits your party. You select your date and time. You can book a phone consultation so they can walk you through any questions or comments or anything like that so you're ready to have an amazing time at your home. So I think it is a great a great a great idea. She is having wine tastings at home and that's a whole new market. For us, is you know, young millennials, African Americans, you know, we like to have our wine down Wednesdays. We like to have our little turn up. And so, for us to have someone that we can go to to have, you know, a more like upscale wine experience at your home, Jasmine is very, very knowledgeable in wine. And the wines that we had at her event were good. I'm telling you, it was good. Like, I had three glasses. I was feeling it. I needed a nap when I got home, (laughs) but it was a great event and I am loving what she's doing. So if you are in the Nashville area, check Jasmine out, Twisted Quartz. I will have all of her information in the show notes so you guys can click on the website and get more information if you are interested. I also have the Instagram info in there so you can... Connect with her on there and find out more about what she has going on. So this week, Ashley Lights Twisted Quarks. What's up, beautiful people? It's your girl, it's your host, Ashley Natrice. And I hope you guys have had an amazing week so far. Uh, last week was my birthday. I turned the big three one and I really enjoyed my birthday. y'all. I got to do everything that I wanted to do on the actual day, which was last Tuesday. Um, if you haven't checked out my birthday podcast episode I will have a link in the show notes so you can go back and listen to my 31 lessons. But I had a great day. It was a chill day when it got me a facial. I went and got me some food with the boo and we hung out and I got a massage the next day because I wanted one and it was a gift to me. And so it was it was cool. It was a good day. I was grateful for the gifts that I received. Um, And then Saturday, I got to hang out with a few of my closest girlfriends and we went out to eat to cinema. I don't know if any of you guys in the Nashville area have been to cinema. But girl, let me tell you, their bathroom is bomb.com. I mean, the pictures that I was able to get in there, the lighting that they have in there is amazing, remarkable. But the food was top-notch, the atmosphere, our waiter. I mean, the whole shebang at cinema on Saturday was everything, okay? It was everything that I could have wanted. And I was grateful for my closest friends to go out with me and celebrate. And then we went to Minerva, which I mentioned in my, what well, Ashley likes this week as well because we went there, um, had a little turn up, had some fun. It's a nice speak easy type lounge bar area. So that was cool. So I have no complaints. It was an amazing birthday. And then I wrapped it up on Sunday with my closest family. They came over. We had Italian night uh, because I love Italian food. One of my favorites. So I got to do all of that last week. I really just turned up the whole week for my birthday and I'm not apologizing about it. All right. <laughs> I had a great time, but last week was last week. And when Monday hit, it was time for me to get back to the business. So I want to always make sure that I am transparent. I am upfront with you guys. sister to talk with Mrs. Mississonomics conversations you should be having with your sister friends is really all about conversations that I wish I would have had with somebody, conversations that I need to be having with somebody, uh, conversations that will hold me accountable for the things that I say that I want in my life. That's really what this podcast is about. It's just accountability, not only for myself, but I hope for those of you who tune in every week that you learn something and then you can Hold yourself accountable to the things that you learn and that you want to improve upon. So I found myself in that position this week. I had a call with a new business coach that I hired. So, Mrs. Sonomics, I love the podcast. That's part of what I'm trying to do um, to bring more awareness to myself and my goals for the business. But it's not all that I do when it comes to business economics. So in 2017, I hired a coach at the beginning of the year. Well, maybe it's like towards the end of 2016. I think it was more towards the end of 2016 when I hired my coach. And I was in this big like group coaching thing. And those of you all who are familiar with online businesses and online coaching. A lot of coaches, because they just have so many people that want to learn from them, they have these group coaching uh, programs that you can become a part of. And that's what I decided to do. And it was a, a really great program. I don't want anyone to think that I did not enjoy that program and that I didn't learn anything from it because I did. But what I realized, the amount of money that I was investing in that coaching program I wasn't getting the return on investment that made the most sense for me and my business because my business is newer and that program helped me get some of the systems in place. It wasn't giving me the accountability. It wasn't giving me the one-on-one. It wasn't giving me that, you know, let me really truly have a coach that can help walk me through some of the ins and outs and some of the things that I need to be able to do. In order for me to propel and level up my business. So, all year long, and this is October, I've been on the search and on the hunt for a new coach, someone who could give me that one on one attention that I was looking for, someone who was truly invested in me being successful. If I was going to be paying them, you know, I wanted to make sure that what I was paying them was going to come back to me and I could actually see some tangible results. Now, I don't want you to think that just because you pay a coach that they're responsible for your business thriving, that's not the case. But I wanted someone that would help push me because they've been where I've been and they know where I'm trying to get to. And so it was important for me to find someone who aligned with my values who align with having a business model where God is the center of the business model and that they had a faith based or had some faith aspect to their coaching program, because it's important for me to build a business that's based on God and the values that I have as a Christian, not only because I know at the end of the day, this isn't my business, but it's important for me to align myself with those types of people because that's what I value. So it's taken me some time to find someone who is in that arena, who is also successful in doing what I'm trying to do, and that will understand the things that I need. So I finally found that person. And I've had a, I had like a, an initial call with her, I want to say. Last week, I filled out a questionnaire and, you know, did a whole profile and told her about myself and my business and my goals. And one of the goals that I put down was this goal uh, for my revenue or the amount of money that I wanted to be able to make in my business next year because I'm doing planning for 2019. And so. Granted, she's seen this number probably at least three times by the time we got on our call on Monday. And so we're on the call Monday and we're going through the various uh, questions and the answers that I've given to her. And we get to the, the number that I threw out there that I wanted to achieve for next year. And for the sake of being transparent, my number is 20,000. So my number was 20,000 for 2019. That's what I wanted to be able to make in um, Mississonomics is the business. And so she asked me, she said, "Uh, Ashley, 20,000 now is this is this a number that you're trying to, you know, bring in on a monthly basis? Is this a, a number you're trying to bring in on a quarterly basis? Explain to me what this number is. And so I told her, you know, this is the number that I want to be able to bring in for 2019. And she stopped, and she paused. And so I'm sitting here, I'm thinking, okay, I didn't put in all the work to get this number together. I really hope like this is a, a feasible and a realistic number for me to be able to hit. And when she says to me. Is that I thought you meant twenty thousand dollars a month. And so I'm like, girl, twenty thousand a month. Let me tell you about my business. <laughs> I'm like, I got expenses. I am not making a cent right now in my business. I am spending out money every month to maintain my business and I'm not making anything and no profit right now. So how do you think I'm going to go from making zero to being able to make $20,000 a month in my business? Like that's just not a realistic or an attainable goal for me. And so she told me, she said, you know what? you are not paying me what you're paying me. And let me be very clear. She is charging me a pretty penny for the value that she's going to be giving to my business. I'm already claiming that. I already know that she's going to be adding much more value to my business. So I have no issue in paying her what she's worth. But she told me, you're not paying me what you're paying me in order for you to be able to bring in $20,000 next year. That's not what you're paying me for. You're paying me so I can help you put together a strategic plan for you to be able to bring in $20,000 a month, if that's what you want to be able to do. And the moment she said that, y'all, the moment I'm telling you, I was sitting here in the same spot that I'm sitting right now talking to you guys. I was sitting here. And goosebumps went all over my body. I had to stop her and I told her, like, I am about to cry right now. Because what I realized in that moment is that like aha moment that a lot of us talk about. And we don't really think about an aha moment and what it really is. An aha moment is that moment where something in your mind clicks And it connects because you, you already know this information, but it's however the person said it, however you heard it, like it clicks in your spirit. And you know, at that very moment, like, boom, like that's, that's what I I needed to hear. That's exactly what I needed to do. And it wasn't about the number, the 20,000. It wasn't about that number and And me making that on a monthly basis next year. That's not what it was about. What it was about was me recognizing in that moment that I have been playing small. I have been playing small. That's what I recognized in that moment. Every week I get on here and I hope that I'm bringing you quality content. My goal is to. Help you have your aha moment to help release you from the things that are holding you back. And in doing that, it causes me to go deep and do a lot of self reflecting myself. It causes me to have to read books. It causes me to do research. It causes me to be aware of the different conversations that I'm having, listening to what people are saying that they want to hear more of. It causes me to be much more aware. And so I think being more aware in this space right now and hearing her say what she said about me not recognizing that it is feasible for me to be able to make twenty thousand dollars a month in my business. That's the reason why I had that aha moment at that time. And I'm reading a great book right now that I want to go into a lot more detail with you guys at a later date because I really want to break down the things that I've learned. And I want to be able to go over some of the lessons that I've learned in this book with you guys, because I I really feel like it's going to take you to the next level. But one of the things that he said that I wrote down is that there's three levels of wanting There's the level one where you just actually want something. So I want to have a successful business. I want to have $20,000 a month in income coming in for my business. I want to have a healthy relationship with my significant other. I want to be able to mend relationships with my sibling or whatever it is. This isn't necessarily my life right now, but what I'm saying is That's the level one of wanting. We want to do something. I want to be successful. I want to complete my degree. I want to get a raise. Whatever it is, we are in the wanting phase in level one. Level two is the phase of choosing. So you're saying to yourself, well, I'm choosing to uh, have a better business. I'm choosing to have a better relationship. I'm choosing to uh, go after that promotion. So you're making the choice. So that's level two. You move from just a desire in level one of wanting. Now you're choosing, you're making the choice to do those things. But most of us stop there. So we want it and we make a choice to do it, but we never follow through on that choice. And that's level three. Level three is the commitment level. So you're not saying I want something. You're not saying I'm choosing to do something or I'm choosing something. You're saying that I am making a commitment to achieve this goal. I am making a commitment to have a successful business. I'm making a commitment to bring in $20,000 a month in my business. I am making a commitment to have a healthy and a flourishing relationship with my significant other. I am making a commitment to have healthy and loving relationships with my friends and my family. I am making a commitment to do what I need to do in order to receive that promotion at work. That sounds totally different than you saying you're wanting to do something because wanting is just a desire. We all want something, but how many of us are actually out here committed to doing the work In order to achieve the thing that we say that we want, not many of us are doing that. So, when I started thinking about this and I started thinking about the book um, and other things that I have just been noticing, when I recognized that I was playing small myself, I understand now that I am conditioned to think a certain way. I'm conditioned to think. A certain way when it comes to business, money, family, friends, forgiveness, you know, we um, have a certain level of expectation when we have conflict with someone and what our expectation of what forgiveness looks like for them and what forgiveness looks like for us. We've been conditioned to think these ways for all of our lives, whether that's by what we've heard, what we've seen, what we've been exposed to. We are conditioned to operate in that space, so I'm recognizing that I have to change my conditioning. I have to change how I think. But in order for me to do that, I've got to get to the root of the issue. I got to start doing the self reflection that I talk about sometimes to see, okay, how did I get here? Why do I think this way? Why have I spent the time to research coaches who I know? Bring in five to six figures on a monthly basis. Why did I hire a coach who brings in five to six figures on a monthly basis in multiple businesses for me to think that I cannot achieve the same thing? What was the point of me hiring her if I didn't think that she was going to be able to get me to that point? What was stopping me? So I've come up with a few different things that I think have helped hinder me from. Achieving the things that I say that I want to achieve and have allowed me to play small in my life thus far that I am going to be working on changing my mindset around it and changing my conditioning around how I interact with with these different things. So the first thing that I realized is that I haven't been playing to win. Not that I haven't been in the game, but that I haven't been playing to win to the extent that I will do any and everything that I need to do to make sure that I win the game. Not that I'm gonna do anything without integrity, not that I'm gonna do anything that's gonna sacrifice my values, but that I am not giving my very best and my all to achieving the things that I say that I wanna achieve. I'm not balling out. I'm not going hard all four quarters. Like, let me tell y'all, I am a basketball fan, and nothing makes me happier than the fact that the NBA is back this week. Okay. I will be watching basketball every day, the basketball is on, and I will be falling asleep to Sports Center. Okay. That's just who I am. But when you watch the game of basketball and you watch a really good, close game, You recognize that the players who may play, you know, they're they're great players. Your LeBron, your Steph Curry's, your Kevin Durant's, your you know whoever it is, they have a certain level where they know they can play and they can coast. You know, like they ain't got to put too much effort. They don't have to do you know too many shots. You know, they may pass the ball. They just out there, especially if they playing against a team that they know they're gonna whoop. Like they not out here playing full out, but let them get into a game where it's high stakes. Let them get into a game where, you know, the championship is on the line or making it to the finals is on the line. Let them get to that. And they're going to ball out, right? They are going to go hard because they want to win. That's what I'm talking about. Sometimes we don't go all the way out. We just do just enough And I recognize that in myself, sometimes with the business, I've just been doing just enough. I've gotten to a comfort level where I'm just doing what I need to do to maintain what I've already been doing. But if I want to take it to the next level, if I want to hit that income goal per month for myself, then I've got to start balling out. And I got to ball out for the long haul. I can't have a short-term mindset when it comes to this business. I can't say, well, you know, uh, well, this has been in business for two years. I'm gonna give it two more years. And if it doesn't work, then, you know, I just try to figure out something else. No, if I want this to succeed, then I've got to think for the long haul. Okay, what you gonna do to ball out on a consistent basis and think long term? Yeah, you're going to have to adjust and modify. Yeah, every single product that you put out there, it may not work. Yeah, every podcast that you put out there, you may not get the downloads that you want to get. But if you are doing this for the long haul, if you got 100 episodes and only 10 of them had 100 listeners, but the rest, you know, the other 90 have thousands of listeners, does that 10 really matter to you at that point in time? No. But if you only got 10 episodes and you only got like 100 or so listens on 10 episodes, is that going to make a a big deal to you? Yes, because you've only been doing it for a short amount of time. But if you think long term for the things that you want to accomplish, then, you know, you got to do what you got to do. You got to go through the ebbs and flows of the business. You got to go through the ebbs and flows of your relationship. You know, your relationship isn't going to be as solid as someone who's been doing this for 10 years in your first year. Y'all haven't experienced the same thing. But if you say you're committed to that person, then every little argument you have should not be that big of a deal. Like if you are really in it for the long haul, that's why they say you got to pick and choose your battles, pick and choose your fights. Like if you're in it for the long haul with somebody then, you know, them not answering your phone call on Tuesday really shouldn't be the end of the world. You know, if they still going to be here next Tuesday and the Tuesday after that and the Tuesday after that, I'm not saying you should let certain things go if it's a pattern. But what I'm saying is you have to have the long haul approach and you've got to start giving it your all on a consistent basis and stop coasting And stop being okay with mediocrity. You got to start leveling up and being consistent on an excellent level and not on a mediocre level. So that's the first thing that I realized is that I haven't been playing to win, I've been playing to maintain. And so I got to change that. The second thing that I realized is that I need to increase my financial thermostat. In the book I'm reading, he talks about. This financial thermostat that we all have. And it's that number that we've all subconsciously come to that we feel like if we hit that number, then we'll make it financially. For some people, it may be $50,000. For some other people, it may be $100,000. For other people, it may be $250,000. Whatever the number is, we all have an internal number that we feel like once we hit that number, we're good. We may not be rich. We may not be able to go out here and buy every little thing that we want to buy, but we're good at that number. So, I have had a six-figure number in my mind that I wanted to make for years. Years. If you ask my parents, my brother, I have never had an issue with telling people that I wanted to make six figures. Okay, I wanted to make at least one hundred thousand dollars a year. That was my goal for as long as I can remember. That was the number that I wanted to make. So. That was where my financial thermostat was at is one hundred thousand dollars. So when I started thinking about this and when she said, okay, why do you want to make $20,000 a year? Again, my aha moment, because if I do that, then, hey, if I take my salary and I take some of the other stuff I got going on, then, you know, I put that with my business. I'm going to be around that that number that I've always had in my financial thermostat that I'm always going to be striving to hit that number, right? So I don't really have, do I have a desire to make more than that? Yeah, I have a desire to make more than that. But have I been committed to making more than that? No, because my financial thermostat said, hey, $100,000 and you good, girl. Like that's where you trying to get to. And so no wonder I was stuck on that number because that's where I felt like I needed to hit In order to be successful, so I am having to now recalculate and retrain my mind to understand that that's not the number that I need to hit anymore. I'm almost there. So now that I'm almost there, I got to level up to a new number. I have to increase my financial thermostat. I have to increase my hunger and my drive and my desire to hit a higher number. And the only way I'm going to be able to do that is to retrain my mind to focus in on that new number. In this book, y'all, he talks about the ins and the outs of why we think about money and the way that we think about it. So I promise you, I'm going to go over this in more detail because we have so many false things and false uh, stories we've told ourselves about why it's bad for us to want to make a certain amount of money, why it's bad for us to, to want and to desire financial stability, and to desire being wealthy people. And I'm ready to debunk that because there's no reason why we shouldn't feel comfortable and feel good if we have a little money in our pocket in order for us to do more good in the world. And that's ultimately why I want to be able to get where I want to be because I don't want to be in the struggle, and I don't want my family to struggle. I want to create generational wealth If that's my end goal, then I know that I got to start doing the things now to get there. But it starts with how I think about money. And I cannot limit myself to $100,000 a year if I want to create generational wealth in my family. That's not going to get me there. So I have to recognize that I need to increase my financial thermostat. So that's the second thing. The third thing, and I think this is the biggest the biggest point that I'm going to make today, the biggest one, and that's fear. The fear of failure for some people, but for me, it's more of the fear of success. It has always been with me, is this fear of success. And so when I started thinking about this and I've talked to my therapist about it, I talked about to close friends and things of that uh, nature about this fear of success issue that I have. And I think it goes back to culturally what the culture feels like is acceptable success. Acceptable success, I think, in our culture, and this is my opinion, we accept people's success if they are doctors, if they're attorneys, um, if they're judges, if they are professional athletes, if they are very well-known actors and actresses, we're acceptable of their success. We're not always acceptable of the success of the people that we know who are like the regular people, you know, the people who just have a great business. We talk about them. Um, We down them. Sometimes we try to say that they don't have integrity and that they didn't have integrity to get the things that they want. Or if we don't do that is, well, girl, you know, She ain't like she used to be. She ain't got that money and now she thinks she's better than everybody else. Or, you know, she got that big old house out there. She drives these cars or it's always negative when it comes to people who have found a way to do well for themselves. And instead of us going to them and asking them how they got to where they are, we spend more time sitting around gossiping and talking about them. So we have these levels of accept, acceptable success in our culture. And that's something that we need to change. But it, it stops a lot of us from wanting to be successful because if you are that person who makes it and you know that that's what's gonna come with it, you are self-sabotaging yourself because you don't wanna be out there by yourself. You don't wanna be lonely. You don't wanna be the one at the top with no friends. You don't want to be the one at the top with your family and everybody and their mama asking you for a handout. You don't want to be that person. The road to success and financial freedom at that level is lonely because there's not a lot of people willing to commit, again, to commit to achieving the things that they say that they want to achieve. They can sit up there and say they want to be a millionaire all day long, but if they're not committing to doing that, then it's never going to happen. But if you are that person that decides to commit to being a millionaire and you reach that status, you know that those people who just have the desire and the want to get there are going to have something to say about you. You know that I know that. So what do we do? We self-sabotage ourselves. We play small. We don't play big. We don't ball out. We don't look at the long haul. We don't do the things we need to do because we're fearful of what is going to be said about us if we happen to get on that road of success and to reach the goals that we say we want to reach for ourselves. We're fearful of doing that, So we play small. Not only do we play small and and operate out of fear when it comes to our money, we also do it in our relationships. My girl tagged me in this post today and um, it was on Facebook and I was reading the comments and stuff and it said that uh, you can't be my man bringing in $1,400 a month, all right? That breaks down to $8.75 per hour. And the girl who reposted this said that it was a hard pass for her, that she's going to say no to struggle love in 2018. And I'm reading some of the comments. Child, let me tell you. Let me tell you. Why? Y'all, I need somebody to tell me this. I need y'all to DM me. I need y'all to message me. I need y'all to let me know what this is about because I, I I'm just not understanding. I'm not understanding why we feel like it's okay to be in struggle of. Why is that okay? Why are we settling for that? Why are we not, you know, thinking enough of ourselves? to want to have more, to expect more, to be okay with having standards in our relationships. We shouldn't want to be playing small in our relationships either. That should not be the goal for us. We should want to make sure that we're equally yoked with someone who is on our financial level. How do you create financial and generational wealth if you're married to someone who makes $8.75 per hour. I am not hating on that person. Please don't get it twisted. I'm not hating on that person because everyone has a different tolerance for the amount of money that they wanna make. But my point is for her, she said that is struggle love for her. That was her opinion. That does not work for her. That does not work for me. If that works for you, then so be it. But my goal is not to be in love and in partnership with someone and we're struggling day to day to meet our necessities. That's not what I'm trying to do. I want to be able to say, I want to go to a nice restaurant tonight, bae. Like, can we go out? Can we go to cinema? You know, I want to go back and I want him to be able to say, okay, let's go. And I don't want to have to try to calculate my my Price of the food that I had this past weekend to the amount of money that he got in his bank account that's not what I'm trying to do. That's me shrinking myself. that's me um lowering my standards for what I want to be able to do because I'll pay for myself at cinema. If my man can't pay for me at the restaurant that I didn't went to, then he's not the person for me. He could be the person for somebody else who don't care nothing about eating out, but I'm a foodie. I need somebody who can afford my foodie ways, okay? That's my preference. It's nothing wrong with having a preference, y'all. But the issue is we lower our standards because of other people's opinions and the fact that they don't agree with what our preference is. And we do it out of fear because we don't want the confrontation. We don't want people to look at us a certain way for how we feel. So we lower our standards and then we don't get the man that we really want Because if you have certain standards, if that man can meet those standards and he don't have an issue with it, then he's good. You know, I know from experience, if that's my standard and if that standard scares him away, then he's just not the right man for me. He could be the right man for the girl down the street. He's just not the right man for me. So we allow the fear of our standards to make us play small when it comes to relationships. When it comes to our friendships, sometimes we play small in our friendships because we don't want to one up each other. We always like, "Yes, girl. Yes. Yes, girl. Yes." And so, we are cheering on our friends, but we we dim our own light sometimes for what we got going on because we don't want to make our friends feel uncomfortable. Those aren't the type of friends that you should be around. You guys should all be yes and each other. And uh, hoping that each other is shining your light as bright as possible. I don't want to be around people who don't have a light shining. Like, I want to be around people who your light is shining. Your light is shining. Your light is shining. My light is shining. We walk in, we bright as diamonds. Okay, everybody looking at us because we all shine and we all doing our own thing and we're encouraging each other but we aren't hiding ourselves or belittling our accomplishments and our achievements so the other person can feel better about themselves. We're feeling better about ourselves because we're all confident in what we do and what we bring to the table. So when it comes to playing small, what I've realized, because I've done this in relationships, I've done this in friendships, is that sometimes we play small and we gotta get out of that Habit of doing that because it's based around the fear of what other people are going to say if we were to allow ourselves to shine bright. So, fear is number three. Okay, number four. We got to learn how to refocus the negative energy when it happens to us. We're all going to go through adversity, we're all going to have problems. We're all going to have negative things said about us, negative things said to us. It's a part of life. But what we've got to learn to do in order to play bigger is to use that negative energy and turn it into a positive. Use that negative energy to propel us to the next level, not to keep us at the level that we're in. So this weekend, I got to watch um, The Shop. Which is LeBron's show on HBO. Um, he's got two episodes, and the second episode dropped this weekend, I think. And he was talking to, you know, some of the other athletes, and he had Drake come in this week. And I know I have seen a lot of people talk about the Drake comment where he was discussing the rap battle that he had with Pusha T. And the focus has been on. Drake's child that Pusha T went and let everybody know that he had a kid and how that affected him. And then I've seen the videos where Drake kind of seemed very uh, childlike in a conversation he was having with LeBron. It was a very awkward thing to watch, but that's not what I want to talk to you guys about. What I want to talk to you guys about are the parts where LeBron had the discussion about what happened to him when he went to Miami and he lost in the finals and what happened to Drake and what he realized from the Pusha T uh, diss track. Okay. So I've said this already in the podcast. I'm a huge basketball fan and my favorite team is the Lakers and LeBron is now on the Lakers. And people who know me called me because they know that I am not a LeBron fan. Okay, I like LeBron as a person, but on the basketball court, he's just the person that I've decided to go against for years since he's been playing. Now I have to cheer for him. That's a different story for a different time. But one of my biggest digs at LeBron was the fact that he left Cleveland and he joined this super team with D-Wade and with Chris Bosh down in Miami. And so the finals that he's talking about is when he went down there to be on the super team. And he talked about how much it hurt him when they lost that finals, because in his mind, he, he pretty much said it like he thought it was going to be easy. He thought he was going to coast. You know, he's got all of these great players around him. There's no reason why they shouldn't win the championship. He's gonna go down here. He's gonna do his thing. He's gonna get his ring. It's gonna, you know, be a good season and call it a day. And then he realized that that's not gonna be the case because they lost the finals. And he was talking about how pivotal, pivotal, pivotal a moment that was for him in his career. And as great as he is, he knew that he had to go back. So number one, I was telling y'all, he had to go back and ball out. He had to go back and get out of that mediocre part of him that he was in thinking that just because he was LeBron and he had these great group of talented individuals around him, he was going to win the finals. He had to go back and dig deeper and go harder and get better in order for him to win the championship. It didn't matter about the players around him. He had to get better in order to achieve the thing that he wanted to achieve, even though he was already great. But he talked about how he used that negative experience from losing the finals that particular year and how he used that to re-energize himself, how he used that negativity to propel him for the for the place that he's at now. He said, I wouldn't be the LeBron that I am today if I would have never lost that finals game. That was a huge moment. You've got to take the negativity and the things that happen to you in your life that you're not that happy about, this sucks that you're going through and use that not to stay in a victim place, not to stay in this woe is me place, not to stay complacent, and mediocrity where you are, you have to use that to propel you to go to the excellence level. Drake said the same thing. That's the, I guess, so much more respect for Drake after that interview. So much more respect for him because he talked about how he could have stooped to push a tease level. And regardless if you're a rap battle fan or a hip hop fan or whatever it is, my point in saying this is that he recognized that his values and his integrity were bigger than him going back blow for blow with somebody. How he wrote a nasty, a terrible rap to get back at Pusha T at that point in time, but he decided to never release it because that's not who he wanted to be known for. But you know what he did say he did? He said he went back in the studio and if you catch him at the very end, he says that one of the songs that he went back and wrote that made it to the album was In My Feelings. And we all know we've been kikiing all summer long, okay? We've been out here doing a kiki, Do You Love Me, all summer long. One of his biggest hits, okay? He used that negative energy. He used that situation with Pusha T. Pusha T may have won the battle, but Drake won the war. Okay, we may remember this little piece of information about Pusha T, you know, in his diss track with Drake this year. Yeah, will it be in the footnotes of Drake? Of course it will. At the end of the day, though, we're going to talk about all the hit records he had. And we're going to talk about the longevity of Drake maintaining at an excellent level for a long period of time. And that's what I took away from that conversation with them is that negative things are going to happen to you. But I have got to understand that the negative things that happen to me, regardless of what it is, I got to use that energy for a positive in my life. Use that energy to help me get where I'm trying to go to help me level up. So that's number four. Refocus your negative energy to turn it into a positive. Number five. Check the internal conversations that I'm having with myself. What do I believe? i really really getting clear on what it is I believe. What do I believe about my income? What do I believe about my career? Your life can only grow to the extent that you do. So am I staying stagnant or am I continuing to grow every year? Because my life is going to reflect the level that I'm at right now. So if I want to move up, I've got to be doing some internal work and check the internal conversations that I'm having with myself and be more aware because the more aware I am, the more I'm in tune with it, with what it is that I want, the more that I focus on what it is that I want, the more that I'm going to attract those things. If I want more money, then I'm going to start focusing on ways in order for me to get more money, the result of that should be that I'm going to start attracting more opportunities. If I want to find someone to be in my life, if I'm doing the internal work on myself and getting rid of some of my negative and toxic behaviors, or at least being more aware of them, if I'm saying God, this is what I want in a person. And I'm focusing in on those positive things that I want in a person. If I am putting myself out there to be noticed and to notice others, you know, it's not just about me being noticed, but it's about me being aware and noticing other people that I want in my life. And as, I'm not just talking about a man, I'm talking about friendships, I'm talking about business partners. I'm talking about all of this. And if I'm placing myself in a position to attract those types of people, I am doing that because that is my focus. Whatever you focus on grows. So if I'm focusing on being a better person and growing my business, all of a sudden I started being surrounded by people who are trying to do the same thing. It's because that's where my focus is. So what is the internal conversations that I'm having about myself? If I'm always talking negative about myself, I'm going to be uh, attracting negative energy. I'm going to be attracting negative things to happen in my life. But if I'm focusing in on the positive things, then I'm going to be attracting positive things in my life. It's really simple. You know, we talk about affirmations all the time. I want to do this, I am this, I will do this. You know, at least that's what my affirmations look like. And I got about like 15 of them that I look at or I try to look at on a consistent basis. You know, I am, I will, that's what I do. But if I don't stop myself from the negative conversation that I'm having all day long with myself because you don't spend no more time with nobody but yourself. You are always with you. So if I am spending my whole day with these negative conversations, you don't have the right resources. You don't have enough Instagram followers. You don't have enough people on your email list. You don't have this. You don't have that. You ain't never gonna meet this person. You ain't never gonna meet that person. If I'm having those conversations with myself every single day, them 15 affirmations that I say once a day, they're not doing anything for me. I'm not even believing them. I just have wrote out some affirmations for myself because somebody told me I need to affirm myself. But if I'm not having that positive conversation every day, that those affirmations are null and void. so you've got to make sure that not only are you affirming yourself but that you are believing in the things that you're affirming, you are believing in yourself enough to have the positive conversations. And if you find yourself going to that negative spot, you got to say, stop it. Stop it. You got to talk bad to yourself. No, girl, we're not doing this today. Not today. No, ma'am. You said you want to achieve this. I don't care what such and such said. I don't care whose blog you read. And they said they had to lower their prices. If that's your price, that's your price. I don't care what you, you know. Saw on TV. I don't care what your friends said. If they don't believe in you, so what you believe in you. Those are the conversations that you gotta start having with yourself. You find yourself going to that negative spot or that negative place, you've got to say, stop it and then affirm yourself. But you gotta stop the, the negative conversation first. And the last thing, y'all, that I wanted to talk about is that. You have got to surround yourself with people who let their own light shine. I mentioned this a little bit earlier, but I just really wanted to reiterate this. When you're around people who are okay with allowing their light to shine, they give you the permission to allow your light to shine. They boost up your confidence and then hopefully in turn, you're boosting up someone else's. If you're around negative people who want you to dim your light, consequently, that's what you're going to do. So you've got to find people who are good with themselves and that can allow you to be you. That aren't jealous or envious of the things that you're trying to do, but that they support you and then you can in turn support them that they have enough going on in their own lives and they have enough going on in their lives that they're trying to achieve that they don't have time to worry about you. They don't have time to worry about you shining bright. They don't have time to worry about what you're doing in a negative way. They can be there to support you. They can be there to encourage you. They can be there to help you along the way. In the last six months, I can tell you that I have been around more people that allow their light to shine than I've ever been before. I've been around more people who are striving for greatness, striving for excellence, striving to achieve the goals that they have set out for themselves. And that's motivation to me. Like that is that's energy for me. That I'm like, girl, if you can do it, I can do it. Or, you know, I see this guy over, do, over here doing this. Oh, you want me to be a part of this? Cool, because I know you out here trying to get it just like I am. Like, that should be motivation. That is, uh, I'm not envious of those people. It is encouraging to me. It is something that I can look and say, if they're doing this, then there's no reason why I can't. And because they're good with what they're doing, then they can check on me and can support me and say, I want you to go along on this journey with me. So what I will say is that you have got to surround yourself with other people who allow their light to shine. So as I wrap up, y'all, I just want to recap real quick the six things that I went over today. First thing is that You haven't been playing to win. The second thing is that you may need to look at increasing your financial thermostat. The third thing is fear. The fourth thing is not uh, focusing on the negative, but refocusing that negative energy for a positive. The fifth thing is to check your internal conversations you're having with yourself. And the sixth thing is to make sure that you're surrounding yourself with people who allow their own light to shine. These are the things that I have learned from myself and that I'm going to start being more conscious of so I can start changing my programming and the conditioning that I have in my own mindset so that I can achieve the things that I want to achieve. But there is a quote about letting your light shine that I wanted to end with um, by Marianne Williamson, because I think it just kind of summarizes the reason why we cannot play small the reason why we have to play big. We don't have a choice but to play big. We were brought to this earth with our unique talents in order to play big. And so she says that our deepest fear is not that we are inadequate. Our deepest fear is that we are powerful beyond measure. It is our light, not our darkness that most frightens us. We ask ourselves, who am I to be brilliant, gorgeous, talented, fabulous? Actually, who are you not to be? You are a child of God. You are plain small. Your plain small does not serve the world. There is nothing enlightened about shrinking so that other people won't feel insecure around you. We are all meant to shine as children do. We were born to make manifest the glory of God that is within us. It is not just in some of us, it's in everyone. And as we let our own light shine, we unconsciously give other people permission to do the same. As we are liberated from our own fear, our presence automatically liberates others. I hope you guys enjoyed the podcast today and I'll talk to you next week. Miss M- Sisternomics Thanks for checking out this week's show to Keep up with me, check me out on Facebook at Miss Systemomics, on Instagram at Miss.Systernomics and on the website where you can ask questions MissSysternomics.com Until next time